0: This is the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. Join Paul as he chats with today's green industry experts and leaders about how to
1: build a successful business and live a purposeful life. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Well, a warm welcome from the beautiful state of Georgia. Today on the show, we're interviewing Michael Bedell from Bedell Property Management out of southeast Michigan. And uh, Michael. Is an Arborjet certified technician, a state certified pesticide applicator, and a well-educated from Oakland Community College in ornamental horticulture and landscape design. Welcome to the show, Michael. Hey, thanks for having me on, Paul. About 50% of these interviews have been Michigan folks so far. We had your friend Brian's Lawn Maintenance on. And then Joseph De Pace. I got Keith Kalfas committed to be on a show here soon, and now yourself. So we we love Michigan at the Green hey, Industry I Podcast.
0: Lo- I love that we're well represented on what you have going. Uh, there's lots of cool stuff happening here in Michigan, and uh, glad we have the opportunity to share it with the world.
1: Absolutely. So from what I understand, you've you and Brian's lawn maintenance are friends, and you've kind of been a mentor to him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Brian and I met uh, a couple years back in real random circumstances, and uh, Truth be told, our first interaction was literally me ducking out of a camera shot and then about 20 minutes later looking at him going, dude, what are you doing with that camera? And uh, he was actually nice enough to explain what he was doing and it turned into uh, us chatting for an hour at uh, just a luncheon that our local dealer, Weingarts was holding for us. And uh, we exchanged numbers and our the, the, uh, relationship just blossomed from there. He uh, took me to dinner a couple times to pick my brain on a few things and... Uh, it led us working together on some stuff, and here we are 19, 20 months later, and, uh, uh, yeah, I talk to him all, all the time, even though it's going like to actually be a little break here. He's ducking away in, on a short cruise, so uh, we fly it solo, but, yeah, I talk with Brian all the time. He's become a very, very good friend of mine
1: that is awesome well we look forward to pricking your brain in this episode and you're also known as the debt-free landscaper and i remember you popping up in my instagram feed a while back and i'm like this is interesting the debt-free landscaper so tell me a little bit about that
0: yeah well that's uh actually just kind of came as an offshoot from knowing brian and uh, uh getting to meet and develop a friendship with uh his longtime friend brandon from Advision landscape solutions and uh, I was very fortunate to have the upbringing that I did. It gave me uh, great insight on uh, big, big uh, companies and the construction uh, and other trade industries operate uh, with contracts and systems and processes. And from getting to know them, I uh, learned that uh, that and just different business philosophies maybe aren't as uh, widespread and uh, people aren't raised around those situations. So uh, through talking with them and then uh, just getting numerous messages on Instagram and Facebook from uh, guys really all over North America just, just asking different questions, I realized, uh, gosh, I maybe need a little better platform uh, that, that I can cor- uh, connect directly with everybody and uh, help them grow their knowledge, confidence, and income, and we can all kind of work together, create a community, and uh I'll um, learn and grow from each other, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll start it out by putting what I know out there first, and see where it takes us all.
1: That is awesome. So, do you run your company debt-free, or what's the inspiration behind the actual word "debt-free"?
0: Well, well, it's it's a twofold thing. Uh, it's, it really starts kind of almost as like a personal meets professional goal, and uh, um, uh, to answer the question. Um, my company, the past 18 months, has run debt-free up until real recently. We'll get into that in a little bit here, if you want, Uh, in terms of the situation that our area has run into with salt prices and having to come up with a bunch of salt money early and and cash flow and uh, why sometimes it's okay to maybe get into a tiny bit of debt if there's a plan. But uh, that's going to be a very short-lived situation for us. It's either going to disappear in the next month or two or worst case scenario linger till about april but uh no the the goal here is uh i i think it's very feasible for companies uh, that stay under the million dollar to six hundred thousand dollar of annual income range to uh uh run their business in a low leveraged or debt-free position and uh i i've seen the difference it's made in my personal life and, and the, the life of my business uh just uh, in terms of uh uh, if you're a Dave Ramsey guy, you, you might have heard him say you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And uh, uh, I, I certainly hit that point a handful of years ago myself, and uh, uh, that's when I really turned the corner. And, and uh, uh, so you, you free up the mental space for that, but then you can, much also like Dave kind of advises, you can get into giving. And uh, I, I find a lot of joy personally in that, being able to give back in my community, uh, to different organizations that I uh uh, really believe strongly in, and uh, uh, one of the things I, r- I really believe in is the green industry, and that's why I want to try and pour back into everyone uh, the best possible way I can here.
1: Well, that's a breath of fresh air, Michael, because I, on my way to GIE, I'm not going to name any names, but we had about an hour commute from Georgia, well, probably seven hours. We stopped at Cracker Barrel from uh, Georgia up to Kentucky, and I argued pretty much all the way up there and all the way back with the gentleman I went with about debt and because I was telling them my company's debt free I mean my trucks paid off and all my equipment's paid off and it took a long time because I'd, I'd work I'd save up I'd pay for it in cash I'd work I'd save up I paid for it in cash and you know they're like well you need you need to buy this under debt and buy this with debt and leverage this and leverage that and I was just they were just looking at me sideways like it's impossible to run your company debt free and I'm like, no, it's not. You you can do it. You might not have the flashiest stuff when everybody else does, but it is possible. So I, I took a, a big interest when I, you know, I, I met you up there at the parking lot and I was like, wow, there's another guy who believes in that philosophy that uh, we can run debt free. So that's, that's pretty inspiring to me, Michael.
0: Well, I appreciate that. I, you know, right now we're kind of the rare birds, but uh, I think there's a growing trend there. Uh, it's uh like you kind of hit on it. It's easy to have uh, flashy new equipment. I know that's uh, at least uh, where I live. Uh, if I if I need equipment, the easiest way for me to get it is uh, whether it's going up to a dealer and getting a truck or going up to uh, Weingart's where I met Brian. It'll uh, uh, give me basically any piece of equipment I want. I just got to sign on the dotted line or swipe my credit card uh um, but uh then, then the payments start rolling in and uh, uh they they're going to get you that piece of equipment and they don't really care how you're going to pay for it that's that's all on you and uh, uh i found in my business uh, taking the road less traveled and uh, uh finding different ways to come up with equipment uh, uh you you learn additional things along the way that you wouldn't learn if you just uh, took the easy route and then Uh, you you open up actually some kind of neat opportunities to yourself. Uh, uh, If I could share with you how we've actually gotten our last two trucks.
1: Please, Uh, tell us the story.
0: Yeah, so we, uh, um, a client of mine is uh, a longtime dealership owner here, uh, Buick dealership owner in southeast Michigan. And uh, I I mentioned to him, you know, we were maybe looking for a uh, new-to-us truck, but not necessarily a new truck. And this was maybe three, four years ago. And uh, he said, well, let me think on it for a little bit. And I ran into him maybe three, four weeks later when we were servicing his property. And I said, John, you know, any news on that truck? And he goes, I thought of you the other day. He goes, well, you know, I haven't really seen anything that I think is a good fit for you. But he goes, I know these couple guys out in Boston, and all they deal with is... Used work trucks they they don't even deal with small pickup trucks. it's all like f three fifties and bigger and big work vans and even mm-hmm. some box trucks, and he goes, "I know it's not around the corner, but maybe I ought to reach out to them and that ended up being a wonderful situation for us because uh um in my opinion and markets are different, so I, and that that's really what played in our favor. Uh, the asking going rate for a truck in Boston for some reason used seems to be about eight to $10,000 less than it is in Southeast Michigan. Wow. And as soon as I figured that out, it quickly became worthwhile for me to buy a one way plane ticket to Boston and, uh, pick the truck up, uh, spend the three, $400 in gas and, uh, um uh maybe spend a night in a hotel room and, and get it back here safe and sound to southeast michigan and even at that point i had no qualms about uh um spending another couple grand on uh having our local mechanic here who i i trust is a good friend of mine go through and, and maybe fix a few extra things that uh we'd want to be in tip-top shape so we can uh uh, uh, perform at the level we need to perform at for our clients, but uh, uh, to be able to put an asset on your balance sheet that uh, uh, grows, you know, five, ten grand when you cross the state line, uh, it's the road less traveled. But uh, uh, I was able to develop a relationship with those guys, and it worked so well the first time. We did it again a couple years back, and uh, uh, unless something changes in a couple years we're forecasting it's going to be time for us to get another vehicle uh or we'll replace a vehicle here more likely that that'll be likely what we turn to uh you know we, we forecast ahead in that situation we can't just go down and sign on the dotted line and walk away with something but if uh uh in both cases we kind of knew what we were looking for we kept our eyes peeled and over a month or two the the right vehicle uh appeared, and we were able to pull the trigger so it's it's uh something that you know may or may not be a fit for everybody, but for us it's it's worked so well we've done it twice and uh uh it's it's a little bit of a hike you know it's not even just crossing the uh to the other side of the state it's uh, it was an eighteen hour uh car ride back but uh uh it it was a little bit outside the box thinking for us but uh has uh done well for us twice now, so uh, i'd encourage people to do those type of things because uh, uh instead of buying something for sixty seventy thousand dollars, I had something that uh, performed just as well in the twenty to thirty thousand dollar range and uh, that was certainly the difference between financing and paying cash on hand
1: that is awesome very uh, creative story and you know in my argument with my friend I used the word argument Mike we weren't like arguing we were just you know debating (laughs) debt versus
0: friendly debate there's nothing wrong with
1: that yes and what I was explaining to him because he's like well you need to get this piece of equipment to do this and this this, this, this." and I was like listen here's what I have it's all paid for so I'm going to go out with what I have and make as much money as I possibly can with what I have and if I have to rent this kind of machine for a day or that kind of machine for the day. Maybe my profit margins a little bit smaller, but at the end of the day, I'm, you know, I'm operating debt free and I'm going to save up. And if, if for me, it lights my rear end on fire to go out and work harder and be as efficient as possible to then be able to, you know, buy the next purchase in cash. And, and, and eventually you reach a point like Dave Ramsey. I mean, he's worth tens of millions of dollars, probably over a hundred. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just guessing, you know, a couple 100 million, million. I don't know. He's he's worth a lot of money. But yeah, it's like he's
0: done very very well for, some, for himself. There's no doubt about that. Right,
1: but his business is 100% debt-free and, you know, you, you kind of get this avalanche point where then it just like it just starts going crazy. When you you don't have any payments in the world and you have all this money, you you really gain momentum and I think in in landscaping it is possible. In lawn care and landscaping, it's it's hard when you start out with nothing and you got to, you know, use ghetto equipment and get the job done and then save up for the next thing and then save up for the next thing. It, it's a lot of sacrifices, but it, I think it is uh, a good mental move to make. And we were talking off air a little bit. You, you love to uh, talk business and how to structure a company and, and be as profitable as possible. So what kind of have been some lessons you've learned, you said, in your upbringing, your education, your own experiences with your company of, of how we can run our businesses in a more profitable way?
0: um well i i think uh, uh for me in our business uh, we really turned the corner uh when we were able to start utilizing technology to uh best know our numbers yeah. uh, uh and that for us uh, that kind of opened uh opened my eyes to maybe where some weaknesses were that I hadn't quite realized or perceived and uh um it's uh back when we started uh the business in oh five the first four or five years uh the technology was there but it wasn't really there and uh I, and over the past eight years it's it's now just so rampant and everywhere i think everyone's got their different preferred methods of doing things and uh um i i big into get something that works for you uh, every business is going to do things different so you know you kind of got to integrate not replicate sometimes but uh if you can utilize technology um at least in my eyes to see what it's done for us in-house uh um uh, i'm a big know your numbers guy Mm. i'm I'm also a big believer and uh especially in this day and age uh as workers are hard to come by and uh uh less and less people want to get out there and really sweat it out like i know you and i do paul uh uh, you, you really got to sell yourself at the highest rate possible. And, uh, um, you know, that's sometimes harder when you're the new guy. And like you said, you're running around with, uh, the ghetto equipment and, and I, I get, we all got to start there somewhere. You know, I started off with my parents' push mower and, and uh, just doing the neighbors. And then once I got my license, I was putting the mower in the back of the truck. And, uh, you know, we, all, we all have humble beginnings for the most part, but, mm-hmm. uh, um if you know your numbers uh, li- like you said and i think you've done it in your business paul it-, it lights the fire you see where you can grow you- if your guy likes to learn and push yourself uh, gives you a nice platform to do that and then you-, you know where and how to squirrel that money away so that when the time comes uh, uh your your only option isn't financing you-, you you can do whatever you want and you can make the right decision uh uh, for your business, which uh, is, from my experience, and it sounds like yours as well, is uh, is like a low leverage or preferably even debt-free position.
1: Absolutely. And you're really pumping me up here, Michael, because I mean, I've been blessed in my life. I have an amazing accountant and an awesome mentor and, and thank the Lord for uh, Google Sheets. I am an absolute numbers nerd. So I, I, you know, each job I do, I track, you know, every expense on that job. What was the net profit? And I got Excel these why well, I, I switched over to Google spreadsheets now but I got these Google spreadsheets to just calculate every every possible thing you could calculate and it just when you know the truth and and, and a lot of times that truth is hard you're like wow I, I, that's not going as well as I thought but then that's what makes the light bulb go off the whoa, whoa, whoa I got it I got to charge more there I got to do this here and, uh really you know make the adjustments so go in a little bit more detail when you say know your numbers what what exactly are you talking about
0: well i uh we we use a couple different platforms uh um we were happy we use jobber for all our scheduling and and some sort of our estimating and invoicing work but uh one of the reasons we started using them was uh um, uh, we, I, I'm lucky in the sense that, uh, I've developed quite the team around me over the years and, uh, uh, much like you've got a good accountant, uh, my accountant is actually my uncle, uh, um, and he's, uh, a, a retired self-auditing guy for one of the big three automakers. And, oh, wow. Uh, so he, he, uh, for pleasure gets to help me out with, uh, all my stuff and, and he truthfully just enjoys the time together, uh. Uh, gives them something to do uh you know as you retire you, you kind of find different purpose and different things so uh it's really actually grown our relationship uh, uh just getting to spend the time together but he uh when, when things really went to the next level for us uh, and uh it, i went from kind of the neighbor neighborhood lawn guy to uh, this being a serious endeavor he got us hooked up with quickbooks and mm-hmm. uh uh when i found out Jobber was uh, out there and it synced up with quickbooks that was an easy sell for me but uh i have i've used that platform I, I actually use quickbooks online uh and the amount of uh de- like you said whether it's it's google sheets or using something like quickbooks with a couple clicks of the mouse you could generate profit profit loss statements a balance sheet uh statements of income uh cash flow uh statements of cash flow uh um who your accounts receivable, accounts payable. Uh we use that platform to do our payroll. Uh it does a majority of our tax filings for us and it uh is very transparent. at any point in time I can go and look at those numbers and like you said, uh sometimes those numbers are, are kind of uh much like Dave Ramsey himself, they're going to tell you uh, the truth, maybe not Mm -hmm. what you want to hear. And it's not maybe even going to be very sugar-coated, but, uh, uh, if you don't bury your head in the sand, uh, you, you can use those numbers to course correct. And, uh, turn a pain point into uh, uh, endless possibility and, and hopefully some
1: profit. Absolutely. And this is hashtag not sponsored, folks. Uh, Google Docs, Jobber, QuickBooks, they're not sponsoring the show or anything. This is just, you know, stuff that, that we use. But I think at the end of the day, you, you want to have whatever software you use. I, I actually have uh, QuickBooks, too. I, I, use, I use QuickBooks and uh, Google Doc or, you know, Google Sheets and whatnot. But there's just something so freeing to me when you, you know the truth. You know, okay, this is exactly what my revenue is. This is exactly what my expenses is. This is exactly, you know, what the net profit or in some cases net loss on that job was. And this, the numbers don't lie. When, when you can face that truth, then it, it gives us, you know, more inspiration. And I think across the board, a lot of people undercharge, and the the industry as a whole prices are just too would, low. And I
0: would generally agree with that statement. Uh, that, that's really become apparent to me. Uh, through interactions on social media or even just seeing uh different things posted on groups and Facebook, uh uh more than not I'm shaking my head going, My gosh, how is uh, someone gonna make uh, a profit doing that? Uh you know, I get everyone everywhere has a place somewhere doing something. But after you've been in the business a while, uh uh, numbers kind of gut check with you. And uh, uh, while well, it's important to do the final math and know exactly where things lie at the end of the day, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, you can smell undercharging from a mile away. And uh, ge- generally speaking, those are the guys who uh, fortunately don't make it in the industry. Uh, or uh, end up in a real bad spot. Uh, and, and unfortunately, it's not because they didn't work really hard or try. It's because it's the numbers don't lie. And at the end of the day, that's uh, that's
1: really what matters. Absolutely. And I really appreciate that. And that's part of why I'm launching this podcast. I know there'll be a lot of newbie, newbies and rookies listening. And, and when you're in that first and second, third year, Knowing your numbers is so important and and make sure you're charging the you know appropriate amount uh, is so critical. I, a lot of my uh, first jobs, I was just way undercharging and uh, I was stressed uh, yeah. out. It was like a rat we in the wheel. Are
0: all, yeah, we've all been there. As I was say, unfortunately, that seems to be how way too many of us start in this business is, uh, like you said, the rat in the wheel and trying to figure out how to get out of it. And, uh uh, that if I could do that with uh with Death free landscaper here that that'd be something that uh I guess would be be something I'd really like to attain to is show guys right out the gate that maybe their learning curve can be, you know, me, others, uh anyone else who's uh um, you know, uh sick and tired of being sick and tired and uh can lend a helping hand and show people that uh uh, there's just a multitude of different ways to do things, and um, I, I never want to be the guy who like debt shames anyone,
1: right, um, right, right, or,
0: or or anything like that. But uh, I I just want to share my story, and uh, I I guess I've discovered, like I mentioned, uh, we were chatting here. At the beginning of this podcast, uh, I, I discovered kind of the merit that uh, my story had and how it helped some other people. And um, uh, if I can help all the more people, uh, I think if uh, you know something and you don't share it, that's pretty uncool. So I uh, uh, think that's the best thing to just kind of put myself out there and hopefully help everyone in any way that I can.
1: That's awesome, Michael. It's encouraging this green industry. The longer I've been around it, yeah, there's a few bad apples here and there, and there's a few trolls here and there. but overall there's a, a bunch of good guys who want to help one another and it's just so inspiring and part of me gets jealous and upset because i'm like man i wish i would have had all this knowledge you know when i was in year one and year two because i was out there ratting the wheel you know crashing and burning uh, getting to that point where i was sick and tired of being sick and tired and just kept learning the mistakes uh, you know exp- having these experiences and like okay well i'm never going to do that again and now i feel like with social media and just so many good-hearted people there's so much information out there for free that you know you could be in year one in year two of your company and just get this wealth of knowledge. And that's part of why I'm doing this podcast. I want to have this archived library where people can just binge listen for days and uh, you know, get all this basically an education on what to do and what not to do. So I want to ask you, What's been your biggest mistake in business and, uh, you know, the, the lesson learned from that, that some new guy might be like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm never going to do that. Michael had to make that mistake. and I'm not going to make it.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, I'm happy to share that one because, yeah, I uh, I know I've learned plenty from others' mistakes, uh, and uh, but that doesn't mean I'm exempt from making ones of my own. And I'd say uh, the, the biggest mistake I've made in my career is not saying no enough and uh uh, that's kind of the opposite of what they teach in sales 101 is get out there and sell 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 and uh um it's especially with the clientele we serve uh you almost want to become the yes man you want to solve uh, their problems but uh in the long run i've learned that uh I I I need to say no to things that don't align with my company's goals, don't align with my my personal goals. I need to say no to work that's not a good fit for us and uh it, it's it's a lesson that uh you know still still is is a learning process. Uh, I think that's that's going to be a forever ongoing thing, but uh uh aside from that i'm probably a little too hard on myself sometimes too and i think some of my family members would probably attest to that but um i had i i was a big kid a big music kid uh, growing up uh played a lot of music and i remember it was my junior or senior year uh, one of my band directors said to me you know you're going to need to learn to say no to more things Mm. and at the time i didn't really know what he meant but uh uh, that, that sunk in and actually did revisit that conversation, uh, uh, more frequently than probably I'd like to admit. And, uh, uh, you certainly, uh, as wise as I thought he was back then, because, uh, uh, that, that was a good little nugget of information that slipped in there that, uh, um, I, I've certainly had to learn the hard way. And, uh, um, and that's the learning curve. So you get out there, you want to cut your teeth and, and I, I get what it's like. You want to get going, and and your first couple years of business, uh, you can almost see any business is good business, incomes coming in. It's better than sitting at home and doing nothing. Uh, And that's certainly understandable. But uh, for my company, once we turned the corner and uh, we kind of got to step up to the buffet of opportunities, Learning what really is the good opportunities for us, and learning to to say no and be comfortable with saying no to things that aren't a good fit. Uh, uh, That's that's been important because at the end of the day, time is all we have. And my eyes, uh, true achievement is making most of uh, the time that you have. And unfortunately, it's limited for all of us, and uh, we don't know how much we're going to have. So uh, you got to make the most of what you got here and. um, I think the the way to doing that is uh, staying true to uh, what your big goals are so that you can uh, uh, get to the end goal that uh, you're looking to achieve.
1: Wow, that is so good, Michael, learning to say no. And I, I'm just sitting here shaking my head the whole time you're hearing that, just thinking uh, all the times I was, you know, the chicken with the head cut off, just running around and uh, saying yes to everything and then, Spending all, all all that time and it wasn't even worth it. It wasn't even profitable. Or, you know, the worst is when you say yes to something, you do it, and you actually lose money. Like you would have made more money sitting at home on your couch doing nothing than yeah, a hundred percent. So we've
0: we've all been there, and it's I uh, I think it's okay to realize and let's get to you know what I said about being too hard on yourself. uh uh, going back to my uh, uh, time as a musician, uh, right about the same time it was brought to my attention that uh, um, if you if you are a student in, let's say, a math or a history class and uh, you get like uh, 80 or 85% in, in, uh, on the test or even in the class, you know, an A is great, but a B isn't the worst thing in the world. And most of the time the world isn't really going to take you to task for getting an 85%. But if you if you think of a musical performance, be it uh, in a band class or even maybe going seeing your your favorite recording artist, if they go up and only perform eighty eighty five percent of their set correctly or eighty five percent of a song, uh, on, on the day and age of uh, smartphones, you're going to be a uh, viral video on the internet of uh, uh, the latest greatest uh, faux pas of performance and. Uh, uh that that kind of got ingrained into me almost a little too far where uh you know it could be perfectionism gone wrong uh, and so it's fi- finding the middle ground on that and, and being okay with making mistakes and uh you know in schooling we're we're brought up that uh you know a hundred percent is what you want to go for versus uh in business mistakes are really how you learn and uh uh, part part of that learning can be listening to a podcast like this. If anything, if you take the time to to learn from others' mistakes, uh, you can save some money and, and some hardship uh, along the way. But uh, you can either learn learn yourself or learn from others. And uh, I'm certainly a big advocate of the latter. So.
1: Absolutely. Well, I think we always we always learn through our our mistakes. That's inevitable. But then yeah. we can you know we can expedite the process by. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm digesting podcasts in audiobooks and all that, you know, every day. It's, it's amazing the, uh, opportunities that are out there. And I appreciate you taking t- the time to be on the podcast today. If people want to connect with you, how can they find you on social media?
0: Oh, that's easy. They can connect with me over on Instagram at, at Bedell management or at debt free landscaper. Uh, check us out at DebtFreeLandscaper dot com or Bedell property com. uh, Uh, We're on Facebook and LinkedIn, but uh, uh, Instagram seems to be the uh, way the landscape industry is headed for uh, communication. So,
1: uh,
0: uh, that or the uh, websites—always the easiest way to get in touch with me.
1: Awesome. Well, we really appreciate your time today, Michael. And and Michigan is is strong. You guys are (laughs) dominating the uh, green industry podcast. So. Another gem out of Michigan, and I and, uh, really appreciate your time being on the show today.
0: Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm always help, happy to help anyone out. So uh, feel free to reach out and, uh, uh, and make sure you guys take the time to follow along with Paul here. What he's doing is a great thing and uh, a wonderful resource uh, for all of us. And we owe a lot to people like him who... Uh, take time out of their lives to uh, better us all so thanks for doing what you're doing Paul
1: absolutely it's it's so much fun I, I enjoy uh, these episodes and it's like I get to learn so much just picking other people's brains about their businesses their lessons learned and uh, just thankful with the technology that we get to share that conversation with others it's pretty cool so thanks a lot absolutely. Michael you, you stay warm up there yeah, in, in Michigan.
0: I will. Uh, old man winter's knocking on our door here. So uh,
1: we'll be plowing snow, I think, before we want to. Right. Well, you enjoy that. I still got a little sunburn on my cheeks from yesterday, but I love living <laughs> in the South, baby. <laughs> yeah,
0: live it up for us, man. Live it up.
1: <laughs> we'll do. Well, thanks for your time and go follow Michael on Instagram, The Debt Free Landscaper.
0: All right, take care, guys. Thanks. See
1: ya. Hey guys, it's Paul. I appreciate you listening to that episode with Michael Bedell, the debt-free landscaper. And I want to thank everybody who has been given feedback on iTunes. It really helps out a lot. I'm just, social media is so overwhelming to me and you just think you've figured out YouTube and Instagram. And now I start this podcast. It's like a whole new world, understanding Stitcher and Google Play and iTunes and all of that. And it seems like most people listen to their podcast in iTunes. That's why I kind of single out iTunes, but It would mean a lot to me and I'm thankful and grateful appreciative to everybody who has left a rating and a review so far but uh, iTunes essentially the way they kind of promote your podcast is if you get a lot of feedback and so as you guys leave a rating it's a five-star system one two three four five stars and then you can actually write a review that really helps iTunes be like oh wow people care about this podcast we'll promote it and Uh, move it up in the rankings and whatnot so that writing a review that is huge it's a little blue little uh, icon there in iTunes it says write a review uh, on on my phone it's a a blue link you click on that and you can leave a little review Uh, I really would appreciate that and uh, appreciate everyone who has been writing those reviews it's really encouraging and uh, pumps me up to keep going so I wanted to ask you to please uh, drop a rating and review in iTunes and if you're not subscribed of course subscribe uh, it really helps out, and uh, I appreciate it. So thanks, for guys, for listening, and please help me out. And uh, head on over to iTunes and uh, leave us a review and a rating. Thank you.